Texas. We are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Let's go. Hour two off and running with you. Now, listen here. I am. I got some catching up to do on the country pleasing text line and on the, the Murray West live thread on the live stream on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. I got some catching up to do. And that means I better put it in high gear. First, I would like to welcome you to hour number two. On uh, We are on the back half of the show, which is sort of kind of the back half of the week, y'all. I don't know if you realize it. Here we are. <laughs> uh, so you're a few days away from kickoff. Well, and actually, you're less than that because we got games tomorrow night. We actually have a really fun schedule tomorrow night. And so we're going to uh, – we'll tee that one up here coming up. And let me tee this up for you, too, so you can be a part of the show, and I hope you will. If you're on the live stream, hey, this is live. If you comment on the live thread, type it in, hit it, it pops up. Right there on the screen, I can pop it up on the uh, screen where everybody can see it. For example, here's Will on YouTube. It said, I really wish our NFL Bulldogs would push MSU more publicly, especially while guys like Dak and Chris Jones are lighting up the highlight reels. Chris ain't doing anything. He's out. He's not playing. He's holding out. Said he'll hold out until week eight. And the Chiefs, I don't know, man, like get something done. Make a decision one way or the other so everybody can either you know move on one way or the other. Stop letting it linger is what I would say on that. But anyway, there's an example. Uh, comment on the live thread. The Murray West live thread. Also, text me on the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. I was eating that jalapeno and cheddar this morning. Man, it's some kind of good. I always seem to run out of that too quick. I need to stock up. 885-3776. That's the number to text. It's a 601 number, 885 885- 3776. Another way to remember it, 885-ESPN. It's like grabbing a chair, pulling up to the table, plopping down next to me and Beaver and all of us here on the show and just jump into conversation. You are welcome to do so. I'll even pour you some hot coffee in your mug from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. That is some trifecta. They got a flavor that I got my hands on there called trifecta. I really like it. All right. You can call me on the Divini phone. We heard from Swamp Dog earlier and Robert. Uh, so give us a call on the Divini Equipment phone line, 995-1059, 601 number, 995-1059. Let me see where I am. All right, White Denzel texts the show. He says State is opening their season with an FCS opponent for the first time since 2018 when they played Stephen F. Austin. The Lumberjacks offensive coordinator that day, Kevin Barbet. <laughs> he said, let's hope his offense is better than that day. <laughs> they were pretty overmatched that day back in 18. His offense was going up against that 18 team. had three first-round draft picks on that defense. You know, Sweat at end, uh, Jeffrey Simmons on the front, and Abram, Jonathan Abram in the secondary, three first-rounders on that 18 defense, and a bunch of others mixed in there, too, who were big-time players. Kobe Jones, uh, Errol Thompson, and, you know, a bunch. So, he, I'll say this, Denzel, he won't be that overmatched uh, in the personnel category this weekend, for sure. Res Dog Texas Show says, is there a game this weekend? 
When the media said we were going to finish last, I stopped paying attention. <laughs> Picking up your sarcasm, res dog. Well, I should hope so because I'm laying it on pretty thick. Drug dog, Texas show. Earlier, he was ready for Beaver to tell Robert to wrap up the phone call. I thought it was a good call. I just didn't realize there was anybody on that roster that was 6'9". That's what Robert said. I know there's a 6'8", Percy Lewis, maybe one more. Uh, Leon Bell, is he 6'8"? Is he I don't think he's 6'8", is he? Uh, but I didn't know there was any 6'9s on there. Uh, unnamed texter hit us up and said, I'm not convinced LSU is a loss for Mississippi State. With home field and all the seniors, I really think will surprise people in that game. He said, I believe we beat LSU, lose to the Gamecocks, 10-2 and two with Alabama being the other loss. Um, and that's from unnamed texter on the country-pleasing text line. All right. Um, live stream. Sam commented on YouTube, 9-3 and three is more realistic for sure. He said, but I'm delusional. It's week one. <laughs> we all got high expectations, don't we, going into uh, – Week one. Will also, he, he's ready. He commented on YouTube, said, I'm ready for Will Rogers to become 2010 Drew Brees. Er, he followed up, 09 <laughs> Drew Brees. Yeah, 09 Brees. That's what you're talking about. Jimmy says, Chris, if Chris Jones is holding out, it's because that's what is in the NFL script for the year. Yeah, so Jimmy, now he's got a laughing emoji, so he must be making fun of that, right? That there are people who believe that the NFL is scripted from start to finish, from trades to draft picks to games that are scheduled to even right down to, to wins and losses. He thinks the whole thing's scripted. Some people do. You know, I don't. Swamp Dog commented on YouTube, said, I can't wait to see Freddie Robertson play in the SEC. Now, I think it's Roberson, Freddie Roberson. Uh, the, the transfer wide receiver. He said it reminds me of Makai Polk. He's a tough running wide out. Physical guy and uh, long guy. Catches the ball really well. Sven commented about Kentucky. Kentucky comes to Starkville this year. He said Kentucky always finds a way to lose in Starkville. So Mississippi State's uh, and always loses on the road. And that's right. Like the, the road team in that particular series over the years not has not only lost but has gone and played terrible. Like the last couple of times in Lexington State has played awful. The last couple of times that Kentucky has come to start, well, they have played awful. Um, now, last year, the, the Kentucky State game, it, it was not necessarily like a blowout. It was actually, what, a, a touchdown game there in the fourth quarter, seven-point game. But still, Kentucky won, and it was a game where State – Offensively, kind of just played, you know, bad. So, you know, we'll see if that trend uh, continues. Now, here's a text we got and said, why is everybody picking South Carolina versus State? And, I, you know, I think it probably has a little bit to do with, you know, it's a road game. Okay, so it's in Columbia. It's the week after you play LSU. That's another thing. Uh, South Carolina is better. Uh, they're They've got a lot of momentum, feeling good about themselves, right, after beating Clemson at the end of last year, and that, that made them feel good. First time they beat them in a while. Uh, they recruit well. So Shane Beamer has really energized the program and the fan base, and the win over Clemson sort of validated that. They've recruited well, and so they just have momentum. You know, and it'll be a home game for them. I don't know. I have not looked ahead at South Carolina's schedule to see if that's their SEC opener or not. Let me look it up right here. i got it right in front of me. Uh, no. Uh, so here's the other thing. 
South Carolina will host State at the end of September, the week after they will have gone to Georgia. So South Carolina's schedule is this weekend, North Carolina. They play North Carolina. Is that in Charlotte? I'll look and see. And then they host Furman. Week three, they go to Georgia. So the week that State will host LSU, South Carolina will go to Georgia. And then the next week, South Carolina hosts State. Um, so I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, uh, the, the North Carolina-South Carolina game this Saturday night, ABC 630 kick is uh, in Charlotte where, um, where, the, uh, where the Panthers play. All right, over to the phone, the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. We got Jason out in Flagstaff, Arizona. What's up, Jason? Well, nothing much. I can barely hear you, man. You know, hey, I heard listen. Fever just fine, but yeah, Robert had that problem earlier too. He couldn't hear me, so we it's it's one of those things. We got somebody standing on the cord. So we'll do the best we can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I might make y'all mad here, but I, I had a discussion with Beaver, and he uh, he sounds like he feels the same way. Um, y'all, I love you, especially you, brother Wyatt, and all the other folks that text in. But y'all have got to quit whining about the media picking state last. Okay. Why say? They're gonna do it. It doesn't matter. They suck. <laughs> you mean are you saying that I need to lower my expectations for the media that's basically what I need to do is what you're saying um, yeah <laughs> uh, I think everybody does um, especially the you know the big box media you know that caters one way or the other and that's all of them I don't I'm not going to split any hairs here for you know to make one side happier or the other they all do it just ignore them and move on Okay. Okay. So, Jason, your advice is ignore the media and move on. I I, I feel like that's pretty good advice, actually. I feel like that's pretty good. <laughs> that's good. Hey, um, I'm gonna get. Up, I'm gonna hang up. And, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I interrupted you on the delay here. You go ahead. Well, I was about to say I'm, I'll hang up and listen, but if you got something to say, I don't say. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I, I really don't. I appreciate the phone call, Jason. Thank you. Uh, he's, all right, bye-bye. All right, he's right. Jason's right. He and Beaver are right. Okay, after a day and a half of whining about the the, the preseason media, it's time to shut up about it. Stop whining and move on. I think he's actually right about that. All right, uh, one more text here on it. Um, D. Manning on the uh, Country Pleasing text line. He says, if you have that many seniors in this day, all that means is you have a bunch of average players. That's from D. Manning on the Country Pleasing text line. All right, so when and who are you going to watch? Here's what you got. This week's schedule, FBS football. It all is going to kick up. We're going to be kicking up dust this time tomorrow night. Uh, 7 o'clock, so that'll be 7 Central tomorrow night on ESPN, Florida at Utah. So I know we had football last week. We watched Notre Dame. That really got it all started. 
They didn't call it week zero this year. They, it was just like an extension of week one is what they called it. In fact, like if you go to uh, if you go to ESPN.com and look at their scoreboard, last week's scores are at the top of the week one scoreboard right along with all the games that are scheduled this week. So they didn't call it week zero. Remember we talked about that last year? Somebody went, yeah, they're right. <laughs> they changed it. We don't get credit for it, for it, but we, we can credit ourselves for seeing the truth of it. Um, yeah, so tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, ESPN, Florida at Utah. It says it'll be 87 degrees out in Salt Lake City, Utah. Also at 7 tomorrow night on the SEC Network, Missouri will host South Dakota. 75 degrees tomorrow night in Columbia, Missouri. At 6 tomorrow evening on the ACC Network, it's Wake Forest hosting Elon. So Wake Forest is playing this year without Sam Hartman, the great quarterback who's transferred to Notre Dame. We'll see who. Wake Forest has had a run of quarterbacks that transferred out. One went to Georgia and didn't pan out. Now one's gone to Notre Dame. It looks like he's going to pan out. Um, tomorrow, at, tomorrow night at 6 on FS1, it's Central Florida hosting Kent State. And uh, so John Rice Plumley of Central Florida, you want to watch him play, a Mississippi kid? You can watch him tomorrow night on FS1 at 6 o'clock. Others, I'll go quick. Uh, these Here's a couple of games on ESPN Plus online. Georgia State hosting Rhode Island. You got Western Michigan hosting St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Never heard of them. 6.30 on CBS Sports Network. It's UConn and NC State. This is all tomorrow night. 7 o'clock on Fox. Minnesota hosting Nebraska. Now, this is the first time that I get a chance to say this this year. You are probably the choir and that I am preaching to. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. You agree with me already. I don't necessarily have to say it. I know, like Jason out in Flagstaff, he's going to agree with this. If you want to see what college football broadcast on television should look and sound like from any way possible, from inception to planning to producing to pregame show, the execution of the play-by-play, to halftime responsibilities, to interviews, every you want to see what it ought to look like? Watch the game on Fox. Fox does a broadcast that is the way it's supposed to be done. From start to finish, the minute they hit the red button till they say goodnight. And so tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on Fox, Minnesota hosting Nebraska, you'll see what a real one's supposed to look like. And they shouldn't be too proud if they are over at ESPN. People that any producer, anybody working at games that does ESPN games, watch Fox and just emulate it. Copy it. They're doing it right. The fans, I mean, and the product is what matters anyway. We don't care about your ego. Do what they do. They're doing it better. <laughs> uh, a couple of games online on the Plus. Tulsa will host Arkansas Pine Bluff. Oh, by the way, former Mississippi State receivers coach, Steve Spurrier Jr. is the offensive coordinator at Tulsa. So his team plays tomorrow against Arkansas Pine Bluff on the plus at 7. Also at 7, you get UAB hosting North Carolina A&T. And then late, late, late tomorrow night, um, Arizona State versus Southern Utah. It's in Tempe. It kicks off at 9 Central, our time. I don't see any television for it whatsoever. I don't know how you would watch it. Okay, so that's tomorrow night. 
let me go ahead and give you these two. And we've got, you know, several days to to get into it. But you do have, I don't know if you realize this, but you're going to have a handful of college games on Friday night. Now, if you're like me, I'll watch a high school game Friday night. I either go to it or pull up a stream. But if you don't like high school football or don't want to watch one, or maybe you're a fan of one of these teams, you do have this. So Friday night on ESPN Plus, Eastern Michigan hosting Howard. Uh, at 6 on Friday night on FS1, it's Michigan State versus Central Michigan. At 6 Friday on the ACC Network, it's Miami Hurricanes versus Miami of Ohio. You know, you had the comment from the Miami of Ohio quarterback saying the real Miami and all this stuff, so tune in if you want. Uh, 6.30 Friday night on ESPN, Georgia Tech versus Louisville. ESPN Plus, Big 12 Network deal, 7 o'clock Friday night, it's Kansas versus Missouri State. And then late, late Friday night, 10 o'clock Central Time, 10 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network, it's Hawaii hosting Stanford. And so you could actually go to a high school game or watch one and then get back home and watch this game. Uh, and if you're like me, like if you, you know, play or maybe you have a son that plays high school football, you're a big fan of a high school team, and you go to the game and you win, who is it that's playing this week? Is it Brandon Madison Central, right? Like, so you, whoever wins that game, you're going to be sky high, elated. You ain't going to be able to go to sleep anyway. So you'll get home, see, and you'll turn on and watch all of Stanford and Hawaii probably while you <laughs> wait for yourself to get sleepy enough to go to sleep. And I'm – I'm old, but I'm not too old to remember what that felt like. So that's what you got going on. And then, of course, our games this weekend with plenty of stuff to, or plenty of time between now and then to kind of cue it up, tee it up, get ready to watch those games. Early games for State and Ole Miss, but thank goodness the weather is going to give us a little bit of break for the openers and should help with the crowds. Hey, speaking of that, so you look ahead to Saturday. State's game is at 3, 3 o'clock kickoff, Davis Wade. Out in the sunshine. Uh, the Ole Miss game is at 1. They're hosting Mercer. It's an ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus thing online. State's game at 3 is on the actual SEC Network. Um, but I'm looking here. So Ole Miss plays at 1. Arkansas plays at noon. Uh, Kentucky plays at 11 a.m. Tennessee playing at 11 a.m. State playing at 3. Games like that. Here's my question for you. Pros and cons in reality, today's world, today's college football, of attending a game in person versus watching it at home. And maybe that's not, maybe pros and cons is not, maybe it's pros and pros. Okay. What are the pros of going to the game in person versus the pros of just staying at home watching it on TV? Like, how do those add up? What outweighs the other for you? I'd be curious to know. Now, these are all things that, the answers will depend on who you ask. For someone that lives 30 minutes from their college campus, it's a whole different answer, really, than someone who lives three hours, four hours away. And I get that. And also, these questions are some that have been answered a lot of times for people doing research. You can go back over 10 years ago when, and find a time when the Southeastern Conference formed a committee with athletics directors and others to go ahead, over 10 years ago, to go ahead and begin doing a lot of research, laying the groundwork, sort of like, you know, scientifically, research and data, 
to build up a, a, a body of work that they can use to make some decisions on how to curb the trend of more people staying at home and watching on, just watching on TV. They've been doing it for over 10 years, studying it, trying to figure all that out. And it's led to things like more premium seating, right, which is obvious. Internet connectivity, right? Sp spaces to stay cool. Lower prices on concessions at just about every stadium. All those things really are a, a sort of a byproduct of that working group and committee that began studying all this because it was happening then and they could see it wasn't going to slow down. I don't know that it has really slowed down. I think they've, they've headed some of it off, continuing to make changes and tweaks and improvements to game day from seeding to everything. But now, 2023, for example, first weekend in September, you know, it'd be 90 degrees, but to us it's going to be much cooler and more manageable. So what are the pros of going to the game in person? Versus what you would list as to pros to just staying at home and watching it on TV. I wonder what those answers would be. Some of it's probably obvious. But let me know what you think. And we'll cover some of that when we come back. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. Back! After this. Just a real quick throwback moment here, moment in time reminder, a little pop culture throwback on this day. And then I'm coming to your answers about this. If we were to make a list, pros of going to a game versus pros of watching it at home, how, do we, how does that look to us? So lots of answers on that coming to that. First, though, so let's go back to the David Letterman. It wasn't actually called the David Letterman Show. It was called Late Night with David Letterman. All right, so on this day in 1993. New York, the home of the 2nd, 5th, and 14th largest buildings in the world. <laughs> it's Late Night with David Letterman. Okay, so anyway, that's what it used to sound like, right? So on this day in 1993, it was the debut of... Okay, of the late show with David Letterman. So you're talking about August the 30th, 1993. So we are exactly what? Is that 30 years? Good gracious alive. <laughs> this day, 30 years ago, Billy Joel became the first ever musical guest on that show. He was the first one. It's called River of Dreams, and we are honored to have him as our very first musical guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Joel. 
I'm not really all that familiar with this particular Billy Joel song. Hey, uh, uh, I wonder if um, I wonder if my man Beaver is a big uh, Billy Joel fan. Hey, B. Hey, B. <laughs> Probably talking to Bill. Bill. Hey, seriously. Bill, leave Beaver alone. Get him all tired. Up. We'll ask him in a minute if he is. They're doing some business over there, or as my friend would say, conducting some business over there right now. All right, um, here it is. Here are some of your answers. First of all, speaking of the TV experience, I told you watch a game on Fox. You'll see what TV broadcast for college football should look like, ought to look like. ESPN ought to just copy them. Fox does it right. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff said that he watches a bunch of big sky games out there in Arizona just because the Fox presentation makes it fun to watch. All right, Kenny, don't call me Ken. Country Please and Text Line says, attending a game is much better in terms of game experience. Um, but it's too, in his word, people-y. <laughs> now, I had to read this closely for a minute there, Kenny. He said, better game experience in person, going to the game, but it's too people-y. He said, staying at home, much more convenient and less people-y. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, Joseph on the live thread, on the Murray West live thread. Murray West, check out my hat. Uh, an embroidery company that you need to know about in uh, New Albany. I'm going ahead and just making an introduction, and I'm going to tell you a lot more about them as we go forward here on the show. Joseph said, pros. You can watch multiple games, cons, saving money. Yeah, depending on which one you do, right? Will, on the live thread, said, pros, nothing like being there with the crowd. Love coordinating with friends to catch up at the tailgates. All right. So, if we were making a list here, let me get another notebook. The pros of the on-campus experience. Let's go, let's write down social, right? Because that's two people. Like, Kenny Don't Call Me Ken said it's too people-y <laughs> to gain. And, you know, it depends on, like, if you like that or you don't, right? There's a lot of folks. And here's Will saying, that's one of the things he enjoys, catching up with friends at tailgates, that kind of thing. So the social aspect, we may have just really kind of just summed up the whole thing, but we'll get to the social aspect of the in-game, you know, uh, not in-game, the in-person aspect of the ball game. Joseph commented on the live thread. He continued, the pros of staying home, he says. You watch multiple games, you save money, and there are zero parking issues. The cons, he says, you miss out on the game day atmosphere. 
So when you talk about staying home, everybody has mentioned multiple games, you know, as far as watching them, you know, being able to keep up with live and, and otherwise, multiple games. You know, there is a money issue there that people talk about that you save money. You don't get the social part of it for sure. Will mentioned this on the Murray West live thread. He said cons are the cost, 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 and time, time, time. He's talking about being there. He said because I only have the time to drive three and a half hours, maybe uh, one weekend a season. He says because he likes to do that, he likes to go to the SEC games, which are more expensive. So Yeah, right? So you're going to pay a little more for a ticket to go watch State play against LSU than you are against Southeastern Louisiana in week one. <laughs> in regards to it being three and a half hours away, Sven commented, who's a State fan living in Berlin, Germany, on the Murray West live thread, and he said, I'm 4,500 miles away. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it could be worse, Will. All right, as far as trying to um, get to him. Now, here's a funny comment, non sequitur, uh, not non sequitur, non relative to the conversation, but it has something to do with TV. Okay, listen, I really enjoy watching games on television because I'm getting the perspective and I. You know, that's it. I, I can't, But I can do it quietly. I like to watch games with the TV muted. I, always, I just want to see it. I don't need to hear it. And I don't need analysis. I do my own analysis, right? Well, part of it is this, too. Old Tackle commenting on the Murray West Live thread. Says, how long will it take the SEC Network broadcasters during the state game to bring up Alabama's playoff chances? <laughs> I know, right? Like they think there's anybody watching that particular game that gives a flip about Alabama's playoff chances. They don't. <laughs> You're exactly right. So thanks for bringing that up, too. It's like the TV experience is also, we don't bring that up enough, but like if you're, let's be honest, okay? You're a fan of an SEC school, okay? Well, your television experience is largely 90, 95% ESPN connected and related. Well, about 95% of those broadcasts are, and it's so much better just to turn the sound off unless they really improve things this year. Matthew, we got that same question yesterday he, uh, on the Murray West live thread. He says, are you and Neil going to be live on the, on Facebook for the games? And it's my understanding we will be again, that's something that is done by um, Learfield, the media rights company for state in conjunction with the athletics department. And they put the cameras in there and they have a guy who does the live stream of, of the broadcast booth on Facebook during the games. And so you're actually listening to what's going out over the radio, the radio broadcast, but you see us in a booth. Um, they can't show the game, right? Cause TV has that. But anyway, they've been doing that for several years and yeah, I, I I'm, I'm certain that they'll be doing that again this year. White Denzel, Texas show, country pleasing text line says Billy Joel version of Shameless is so much better than the cover version that Garth Brooks did. I didn't know that was a thing. I'll have to go check that out. Unnamed says, What radio station will the football games be on 
Last year it was taken off 105.9. I don't know about that. I I don't think that's right. No, I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. Uh, we'll find what out. What was taken it. off 105.9? What game? Somebody is uh, Beaver. Somebody texted in and saying what radio station our state's football game is going to be on, and then he said last year it was taken off of 105.9. But I didn't think that was the case. I thought we carried them last year. That's absolutely false. They were all on last year. They'll yeah. all be on this year. Now, some of the baseball, basketball bounced to another station from time to time, but football was always on the zone. So, Yeah, I'll, you'll always get Mississippi State football and basketball okay. here on okay. 105.9. Baseball on 106.3. Okay, got it. Hey, Beaver, are you a fan of uh, Billy Joel? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you know, Piano Man was a good tune. Yeah. We didn't start the fire. Was good. Always liked it, but and I re- never really listened to much from him. Yeah, same with me. Same with me. Uh, David and Brandon text. He said that he prefers when it comes to actually watching a game. You can attend a game in person. You can then watch a replay of that game. It seems like a different game sometimes. He says, but I also love the atmosphere and the experience of the live game. So, you know social aspect atmosphere that you know experience that you get at a game in person that you just can't get from watching it at home we, we kind of come back to the same stuff a few more thoughts on that drive times do play a factor too and then we'll wrap things up with you next i'm matt in the bureau the farm bureau insurance studio stick around Cost is a big thing about going to the games in person. No question about it. Uh, David commented on the Murray West live thread. Check out murraywest.com, an embroidery uh, company in New Albany, Mississippi, homegrown right here in Mississippi, and they, they do an excellent job on everything, large and small. David said, uh, I drive three and a half hours every home game at State. He says, I have to stay in Columbus. I'm not paying $300 per night, period. <laughs> so, David, uh, are you saying that like the in Starkville hotel prices are sky high on game weekends and you go to Columbus and stay there? Um, yeah, drive times. And you, know, you factor in you know, a late game. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Saying it's uh, that to stay in Starkville, three hundred dollars a night, so he stays in Columbus. Um, you know, I look at you know not this Saturday, but the next. You have a six p.m. game. You really like the night game for the atmosphere in the stadium and the comfort of the fan base and everything after dark. But then, you know, back in the good old days of stopping the clock after every first down, you would have a lot of four-hour ball games. And so you don't even get to your car until well after 10 p.m. and then, you know, sit in traffic for a good little while and then finally get on the road and, 
it's either have a place to stay or drive all night and try to keep yourself awake on the church pew in the morning. <laughs> right? So, you know, it is, it's a tough deal. And, you know, there's some, there's some trade-off, too. I, I don't know that any of the decision-making factored all this in over the years. I just don't know. I know that, you know, at State, we've had our fair share over the years, last few years, of 11 a.m. games and not getting 6 p.m. games and stuff like that very often. But one thing that can be said about it is State's fan base is geographically more spread out than just about any other SEC fan base, really, in terms of location of campus versus location of where most of that fan base is driving from. You know, like, look, it's a short – you're considered basically to be just outside of Starkville if you live in Tupelo. Well, that's an hour and 15-minute drive, you know, getting in there. It's not like you're just going across town. So you do have an 11 a.m. game. To me, it's a lot easier for folks to either stay the night before or get up and get there early and then drive home at a decent hour afterwards than the other way. But you just t- you take what you get, really, uh, on those um, kind of things. That unnamed texter who said, the, the pros of watching games at home, travel time, you'll miss other games, expense, you save on that. Weather may not be the best at the game. But then he said, you know, the con is nothing beats game day atmosphere in the stadium. He said Davis Wade, and I, I think that that's really true. Um, it's really true. And I think that you have seen – most places try to figure out ways to make some tickets a little more affordable. Maybe not all. Maybe not the SEC games. They try to manage it pretty good. Um, but some of the stuff in the stadium, you know, like, uh, well, concession costs have really gone down. You know, they've figured out a way to make that better. Again, connectivity with your phones and Wi-Fi and you know, C Spire going in and putting in spots for game day around stadiums so people's phones work and things like that. You know, to try to make it a better on-campus experience on game day. Live look-ins at other games and scoreboard updates on the video boards while you're in the stadium, all those kinds of things, too. They've, they've tried to offset some of that. But I think generally there is a reason that the overall attendance year-to-year has continued to just slowly but surely go not not a downward spiral, but it has continued to decline because there's more people staying at home and watching on television. And that's just across the board. You know, big school, small school, it hasn't mattered. And everybody has seemingly looked for and found ways to start to eliminate a little bit of the general seating and put in a little more premium seating. You know, whether, you know, club level type stuff and you know, gridiron type stuff where you you can go indoors and there's food and lounge areas and like what State did last year on the east side upper deck where they put in the what do they call those the what do they call them I forget what they call those things but those sweet type areas that were you know outside on the the upper deck that 
where it's kind of your own area. You can stand up, move around, bring in a grill, all those kinds of things. Yeah, you know, so everybody's kind of done that. You know, the balconies, yeah. Thank you, Sven. I couldn't remember the name of it. You know, there'll be more and more and more things like that where capacities on stadiums are going to continue to go down. Uh, and they have gone down at a lot of different places. Missouri, you know, several years ago, Kentucky went in and went down by about 10,000 uh, general seats in, in, in exchange for some premium club-type seating areas. So that when you do go, you know, maybe the, the cost is offset by the experience there also. Um, yeah. And look, just by nature, like we here, here in the southeast, it's going to be those first few weekends in September usually going to be burning up hot. There's nothing anybody can really do about it. So the pros of the home experience, watching on TV. Watch multiple games. You save the money. You don't have to deal with weather. And there's no travel involved. That's the list that we've made today. The pros of the on-campus in-person experience. The social aspect of it that, you know, for the extrovert <laughs> of us who you love seeing people, you love hanging out, the experience of being there, with, you know, you see people maybe that you don't see any other time. Like maybe you reconvene with friends you went to school with, whatever the case is, like Will said. And, of course, the atmosphere in the game, you know, is yeah, it's totally different. It's something about being there. No question about it. I, I would say that that's, you just can't get it. Like you can get the results, but you, you can't get the, the goosebump moments quite like you can being there for sure. You know, and I would relate it and compare it to, and I've told the story before, but when I was a little guy, you know, whatever it was, six years old, seven years old, whatever it was, eight, when we went to our first I went, they took me to my first Atlanta Braves baseball game at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta. You know, we've been watching all these games. I had a big Dale Murphy poster on the wall. I'd seen the games. I'd seen the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium on TV, you know, a million times. And you think you have an idea of what it must look like or be like. But, man, you're that little rascal, and you, your mom and dad drive you there for the first time, and you go through the deal of, you drive in, you can see the stadium and see how big it is. And it's just about 10 times bigger than you thought it would look <laughs> the first time you lay eyes on it. Look, good night. Look at that thing. And then you park and you're so excited. You finally get in. You know, the whole thing, your first time anyway, whether it's standing in lines and listening to them call for tickets and you get into the mezzanine and you're walking around and you can smell the hot dogs and they're selling stuff over there and like people everywhere. The whole thing is a spectacle that you just can't believe that that's part of a game. Because, you know, you watch it on TV, you see Skip and Ernie, and they preview it, and then next thing I know, I see the pitcher warming up. <laughs> I mean, no, this is different, man. I'm in this crowd of people. We're in here, and we're walking around following signs, and the first time, I'm, again, seven years old, and we walk up the entrance on that breezeway out of the mezzanine concourse, into the stadium where I tip my little eyes over and I can see the sunshine and then boom, there's the field. And there's the seats, those multicolored seating they had inside Atlanta, Fulton County. And I can see it for the first time. And I remember thinking, 
I'm speechless. How do I can't move? I've never seen grass this green in my life. I didn't know grass was this green. Look at this. And the field was just so perfect. And the place was so big. And you're wondering, where am I going to sit? And oh my goodness, there's Dale Murphy right down there. There he is. Hey, Dale, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. I mean, that image and that feeling and that just the game had, we hadn't even started really taking infield warm-ups yet, but the spectacle of the whole thing was uh, enough to make an impression on me that 40 years ago, and I, I, can, I, I couldn't possibly dull that image in my head if I wanted to. Well, every generation of fan of your school has that experience where they go to Davis Wade Stadium and see it for the first time or Vaught Hemingway or wherever it is. And they see it for the first time and they see the field and they never forget it. It's just an example of how, you know, the in-stadium, there's an experience aspect of it there. But maybe you can't do it seven, eight times a year. If you do it that one time, sometimes that's enough. All right, that'll wrap it up for today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Do it again. For Beaver, I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you then. See you.